Welcome back to the Common Sense Mental Health Podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Timothy Crumley, and I'm here with our co-host and producer, Carlos Merced, and our other co-host, Emma Cranston. And we are going to be focusing on a couple of things. Um, First off, our absence. um, And then secondly, talking about things that we're seeing in therapy as COVID continues to take new and hopefully better shapes um, in the current uh, months and weeks. Um, But first, here's a little bit more about our practice. So Common Sense Mental Health is a, it's it's basically the overhead for a group of private providers, uh, licensed mental health counselors, social workers, uh, and we operate within our own practices and we provide uh, teletherapy throughout New York State. We also provide in-person therapy as well within the capital region. And all of our providers are competent in teletherapy. Uh, we specialize in video, phone, as well as text-based services. And some of our providers have their own practice that work with Common Sense and in those practices, they may be overseeing uh, interns or um, sort of pre-licensed providers who are under limited permits uh, or something along those lines. Uh, but that is Common Sense Mental Health in a nutshell. Um, any questions, you're always welcome to reach out and ask, and we will be happy to answer. So just to jump in, first off, I think the three of us, although correct me if I'm wrong, um, I think the three of us want to uh acknowledge our absence um <laughs> over the last several weeks maybe a couple of months at least mm-hmm. um and why that's been the case um i think we have a pretty good reason why that's been the case i'd say so Pre- yeah pretty valid but <laughs> um but long story short we've been having equipment and software issues with our producing um and carlos has spent hours upon hours on episodes that unfortunately will never air um mm-hmm. because just things we could not have foreseen and um, just issues with the clips. So we've actually recorded about two or three episodes um, and where I've given a similar statement like this, and I just add the number each time we do this. Um, <laughs> yeah. This one's really going to go out, though. This <laughs> one's really gonna... That's literally, this has happened before. The uh-huh. last yes. episode that no one got to hear, yeah. we were saying all of this before. Yes. <laughs> and, just, and just trying to acknowledge it. And yep. Yeah. But yeah, so um, we thought we had fixed the issues, but then it turns out there were others. And ones came up Mm -hmm. yep so we're back to it so if people notice a difference in our sound quality it's because we've gone back to the way that we were doing it um just so that we can return to some consistency and then we will work on our equipment in the future very true and Mm -hmm. moving forward um but any other uh, thoughts on that yeah that i described that accurately yeah yeah you did (laughs) and you know sorry yeah out of our control, but sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is, um, for the first time in the history of our podcast, which is now a year, a few months, um, we are actually all together in the same room presenting this podcast. It's so crazy. It is. How does that feel? It feels almost like a podcast now, (laughs) you know, because like we're all in the same place. Yeah. Yeah. But it's nice. It's a different feeling than having Emma on video call. Mm-hmm. It's just nice to have her in person. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's very nice. And we got to enjoy a lovely lunch and chat for like a good hour or so mm-hmm. before we did this. So it was just, yeah, it's, yep. it's feels so much more social. It does. So, yeah. I like it. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like what you said about that, Carlos. It definitely has like a podcast feel yeah. to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, so yeah, so we're together in per, uh, together here in person and um, we'll be looking to do, I think the next few episodes this way. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, yeah, we'll we'll go from there. Um, and then I think today we wanted to talk about things that we're seeing in 
uh, with our clients and as therapists and counseling, uh, different diagnoses, things that are coming up, especially as COVID continues to shift and change. And I say that, and I'm very purposefully not saying back to normal <laughs> or post-COVID. That's actually something I've, I've been saying a lot of is post-COVID. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll use that term a lot. And, I, and I've been catching myself because it's like, it's not post-COVID, <laughs> it's COVID right still, now. Still in COVID. We're yeah. still here. We're, We're still, still in it. Um, so yeah, I think talking about what we're seeing now at this phase mm-hmm. of the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, before we go into that, I actually did realize, I don't think we've released an episode where you two got to announce your news. Oh, that's true. I think it's in one of the lost episodes, actually. Yes. yes. I feel like you gotta, oh my you gotta gosh. Yeah, for that. Oh, yeah. That's so All funny. right. So we'll, we'll back up a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. Uh, do you want to? No, go for it. Okay. All right. So um, to our listeners, and actually, this is our first public um, sharing of this because we have not announced it on social media, um, and mainly because we've been busy telling our colleagues, close friends, family, and in my case, my clients. Um, but I think everyone in those areas knows, so if you're listening. Um, but uh, Carlos and I are moving. We're changing our residence out of New York State at the end of July, going into August, and we are actually moving to Austin, Texas. Uh, where we will uh, move. I, how, how do you say that? Where Continue. we would start, start our, our next life. chapter. Yeah, start our, our next chapter or, you know. You know, um, actually, I've been seeing this uh, TikTok video recently talking about TikTok <laughs> um, where people are like, um, oh, when you finally, when you realize that you've just started the new season of your life, you, there, there'll be new friends. There's a whole new cast. There's a whole new set, and you know, it's just them like making dinner or something. They just realize that, oh yeah, this is a new season of my life. Wow, that's yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a good way of putting it. It, yeah. it is like a new season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So yeah, we'll we'll be starting a new season of our of our lives. Mm-hmm. And I was saying this to somebody recently. It will be interesting. Um, I think for both of us, but I know for me, um, I don't just I don't know what it will be like until we're in it. It's going to be new because, yeah, we're moving to a new state. Um, we both, yes. I think, we lived in Connecticut at one point, but mm-hmm. I've always lived in New York. Um, I've also lived in Pennsylvania. You lived in Pennsylvania and Connecticut. Oh, yep, yeah, that's right. Um, but I think our first like cross-country move. Um, but it'll be interesting having done that, being in a whole new place, new apartment, new furniture, just a new routine. Mm-hmm. And yet... Job-wise, that's the other piece of this news is that job-wise and in terms of what we do with Common Sense, none of that is changing um, because everything we do is already pretty much remote. Um, it will just stay that way, um, including my telepractice. I'll continue to see clients in New York State with my New York State license. Um, so literally, we'll have the same schedule. Like literally, mm-hmm. my my clients, I've, I've informed them that they're staying in the same slots. I'm taking a week yep. off for the move and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting being in the same work routine, but somewhere else. Yeah. It'll be, you know, so maybe season's a good way to describe that because mm-hmm. it's, you know, there are things that are not changing, but also changing drastically. Yeah. That's definitely a strange feeling because usually when you move, like, I guess for us anyway, it's been like a huge change. And now it's like, okay, some of our life is staying the same. And then we've got this huge move as well. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, going to take some getting used to, but yeah, I don't see anything changing with the business. Like it's still going to run the same. We're still going to be involved. So um, you brought up seeing your clients, you know, from Texas, but your clients are in New York. It's because your license is in New York. So right. you won't be taking new clients in Texas. Right. Um, you right. could take new clients in New York if you wanted to, but I don't think, um, yeah, you'll yeah. probably stay the same for a little bit. Yeah. Get used to it and yeah. get settled in. 
So, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't there an hour time difference with Texas? Yeah. So there is. Texas is central. So it's an yep. hour behind it's an hour behind and what i'll be doing like with my schedule um is yeah so my slots will, will stay the same for my clients eastern time so basically my day will just start an hour earlier but i'll i will also end an hour earlier which is actually yeah. the direction i want to be going I'm, no that's I'm, fantastic i've been doing a lot of morning sessions and doing that like earlier in the day so mm-hmm. um so no it's a good question but yeah that's mm-hmm. what i'm planning on doing i have such a fear of doing something i mean i'm not moving so that's, <laughs> that's my big announcement i'm not moving um but I have such a fear of like accidentally screwing up that time. I don't know. Yeah. As soon as time zones come in, I'm just automatically stressed. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. <gasps> and I've done it every trip I've taken. Mm-hmm. I've done it at least once. I've messed up. And and last time it wasn't even with a client. It was my own therapy. I had my own session <laughs> with my, my therapist. And I just, and for his, because I think I was so focused on making sure my clients were right. I yeah. just did not really think about it. And I was just thinking, yo, it's going to be one o'clock. And yeah. And 12 o'clock, my time came and he was like, you know, where are you? Yeah. Yeah. So no, it happens. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's just going to keep happening. It's something that just won't, cause I do it all the time. Like I game with people from all over the world. So like whenever we're trying to schedule something, like I, I know this person is six hours ahead of me, but it's still never like it's going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yep. just accept it. <laughs> there have been a couple times where I've been like coordinating with an out of state provider in a different time zone i'm so like i don't know i'm just a little extra with them like okay so two o'clock my time and that's going to be noon for mm-hmm. you right so noon for you two for me right correct my understanding <laughs> is like i'm harping on it and yeah. it must be so annoying but i just yeah I no because it's like you can do that and still mess up right yes. you can do that and still you know <laughs> yes. get it wrong you'll be 100 percent sure that you guys got the right time yep. but when it comes to it yeah. You're wrong. <laughs> Incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. There's that. But yeah. Yeah. Such yeah. an exciting change. It yeah. Is. Thank it you. Is. And just for yeah. people who are, and I'm just thinking I've a number of clients who have asked this, um, you know, like, why are you going where you're going? Why, why mm-hmm. Texas? Um, and there's a number of factors. Um, part of it is cost of living. Um, is not a whole lot, oddly enough, a whole lot different from Albany, New York. Um, and so, you know, Cost of living is roughly the same, but there's more to do. It's a bigger city. There's mm-hmm. just, you know, we've lived here and it's been very, very good. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. Time for a change of climate. Time for a change. And then the yeah. climate's the other big thing is that. And I know especially. Yeah, we both it's the are. biggest one for me is the climate. Yeah. And I don't mind the cold. It's just the snow. He I'm, minds so, the I'm, cold. I'm so, I don't mind the cold. I don't. It goes below 50 and he's like, what the I'm going to just, what the fuck is this? Da, 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 da. And yeah. True. Am I right? True. True. <laughs> okay. You're right. <laughs> so I do mind the cold, but um, the main thing is the snow for me. It's the, I don't, I don't know, just having to shovel, having to navigate icy roads. Just, yeah. it's just a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it'll be nice to live somewhere where 75% of the year, the weather will be enjoyable. <sighs> yeah. Versus. That does sound nice. 90% of the year where it's just cold and miserable. Mm-hmm. I know other people who like love the Northeast are like, it's not like that over here. It's, it's like, funny. Part of me was kind of, I have that reaction. I'm yeah. like, oh, it's not that bad. Like relax. <laughs> well, it's like, cause we were, when did it start getting warm this year? Like maybe like, okay, a week it was ago. a later year. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, okay. And then when is it going to start getting cold again? In a couple weeks, probably. No. <laughs> 
I'm so being exaggerated, exaggerated, but basically in September is going to start getting cold again. Right. Mm-hmm. What, that ultimately we would prefer, at least we think at this point, we will prefer to have months where it is too hot right. versus months where it is too cold. Yes. Because it's kind of like, that is a trade-off. Like, you know, the summers mm-hmm. are just really, like you're still stuck inside. You're still, mm-hmm. you know, pretty similar exactly. to um, to what it is winter-wise here. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, but yeah. so the climate's another one. Um, and then a big piece is that we have a number of friends there. And mm-hmm. we do have a community there, which um, I think if that weren't in place, I know for me would be more of a showstopper. Like I kind of want to know people where we're going, right. at least one other person. Um, so yeah, so that will be, um, that will be really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Very excited. For you. Yeah. Thank so thank you for bringing that up. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. So to switch gears, that all said, I think those are the updates that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess we wanted to talk about today. So we have, a, a let me back up a little bit. We have a number of exciting topics that I'm um, assuming that we can get these produced and, and out <laughs> there. Um, just want to focus on um, what clients are navigating and presenting with at this phase mm-hmm. in covid summer 2021 what's happening yeah um just kind of like a more general check-in with that if that makes sense Mm -hmm. absolutely cool okay so what's happening (laughs) (laughs) what is happening i guess so of all of your clients right now navigating this what are the most common i guess things that are coming up between all the cases like are you seeing trends at all between your places, I, it's so I, weird when we're together. We can like read each other so much. Better. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it adds another vibe to the yeah, right? to the show. That's okay. um, well, no, I thought of one. Do, do you also have one? Go for it, though. Okay. Um, I feel like my clients, if they didn't hate capitalism before COVID, they and and I'm and I'm with them on it. Um, they hate it now. I mean, that is that is a big like wait, what am I actually doing here? And where is this actually going? And where is my job actually taking me? And and asking really good questions and kind of like yeah. looking at the state of everything and being like, at the rate that I'm going, am I going to be able to make and do what I need to do to achieve the things that I want to achieve and do five, 10 plus years? And um, yeah, and I think really kind of coming to grips with that. A hundred percent. Right, that you've been totally seeing that? I agree with that trend. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where each time it comes up, I'm just kind of like, well, you're not wrong. So um, how right. should we navigate it? Right. Yeah. I feel like for a good chunk of my clients, um, as horrible as COVID has been, I don't want to at all say that like, yay for COVID, but as horrible as this time here period has been, there's been a lot more of like a sense of balance for people mm. where, you know, Earlier on in the pandemic, there was a whole lot of work on like work-life boundaries. Once mm. everyone transitioned to having work and life and home all in the same space. Um, and now that they have kind of like acclimated to it in a sense, mm-hmm. they found a real good balance. Yeah. Like some people were like honestly feeling really happy and like good. Mm-hmm. Um, and now having that balance all thrown off again, which of course will happen in life no matter what. Um But going back to the jobs that expect you to just like put in those extra hours to, you know, help us out. No, you're not going to get paid for it because, you know, your salary or like we're not going to actually give you overtime. But, you know, 
you're important to us. Mm-hmm. You matter. Mm-hmm. We're a family here. Like, yeah, kind of all of that manipulative bullshit within like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the corporate world in particular. Um, just a lot of people are not here for it at this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right about that. Like it's just, and it's, it's become, if it wasn't hollow before. Yeah. You know, I think it's absolutely, yeah. um, this has come up. So it's interesting. This has come up with clients I work with who are facing and navigating the stigma. And I've actually had this conversation with colleagues and family who, uh, unfortunately perpetuate the stigma. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. Uh, but I've been uh, navigating with um, colleagues and family and people who uh, unfortunately perpetuate stigmas around this. Um, but yeah, trying to have conversations about uh, unemployment and how, you know, basically how we responded. And I say we as a, you know, as our government and as a larger collective. Um, and, you know, there being a lot of stigma around just even support mm-hmm. that was given, right? Or that is, I mean, in many cases still... Um, still needed uh, but the additional support that was at play for a lot of people and just a lot of judgment around it and and then this whole idea of like oh well people are you know disliking or or hating on capitalism and don't want to go back to work because of that mm-hmm. and because you know so, suddenly this is now de-incentivized people to work um which i have many feelings about and yes it is political but i also think it is I'm getting to a point too where like my my opinion on this is shifting where it's like you know it, it's not even really political it's like no, this is just like basic like issues impacting mental health. Right. Um, before I jump into my opinions on that, though, what are people's thoughts? I feel like I'm talking a lot. <laughs> well, both personally and professionally. It's like personally within my friendships and then professionally within my clients. Already totally agreeing with you on just the reactions towards capitalism, the stigma around um, unemployment and what it means to have a benefited from unemployment and b utilize unemployment at this stage like i feel like Mm. there was a little just from my perspective at least i'm not like presenting this as fact um but i feel like kind of in peak pandemic when people are getting laid off because of all of all of the effects of the pandemic we get those parts um there was a lot of like backtracking on stigma mm-hmm. around unemployment. And it was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is what it's here for. Mm-hmm. Like, this is so good. And now, because in case you guys haven't heard, we have returned to normal. It's all. Oh, yes, now. that's right. Yeah. yeah. No it's more all, pandemic. Yeah, it's fine. It's cool. Thank We're you good. for that, Emma. Thank and you for. Not, yeah. You know, somebody had to tell me to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I've learned a lot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know it otherwise. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah. Now that everything is totally back to normal, it's like drop of a dime mm-hmm. just shifted right back to like ew unemployment yeah oh lazy yeah right? yes. oh not worthy yes it's just like but it's it's the same person yes right. like three weeks ago it was okay and now it's not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting yeah <laughs> Funny how that shifts. Interesting. One thing I've said to people, um, Carlos, I think has heard me say it a number of times. Um, I said it to one friend of mine who was kind of struggling with this. I go, well, let's take, let's take a moment here. So because, because the way I view it, somebody, I guess, let me start there. The way I view it is uh, 
among other things, wages have been for many, 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 many years now, but just being amplified during the pandemic are, have been way too low. Right. Yeah. And, and even people what we're asking for, for like minimum wage hikes, and what, like a, a lot of that is just, I mean, just mathematically too low mm -hmm. for someone to work a full-time job and still not even be able to meet half their bills. I mean, that's the, one of the larger issues here mm -hmm. and what's impacting people in terms of mental health and, you know, workplace satisfaction and, you know, cause it's, you can't do it. So, um, so, but, but because, so because of that, because I think, you know, again, wages have been too low. What I point out to people is, well, if your business is not able to keep up with what the government is willing to pay, because I mean, we know that, you know, government, whether you're for that or not, um, is great at supporting people, right? It's great at, you know, providing enough of people, right? You know, and of course not. Of course. So if the government and all of its dysfunction on the state and federal levels is willing to pay your employee more money mm -hmm. than you are, mm -hmm. there might be a problem with your business. Yeah model or you're you know yeah with what you're doing like something is not working there it's not um, sustainable obviously it's not right it's yeah. like you know so i think it, it really shouldn't be because i mean yeah it shouldn't be really an issue if you're treating your employees well and giving them proper benefits and, and all of that so yeah. um yeah so I, I try to point that out to people and with my clients where this comes up and where they're facing that stigma mm -hmm. it's like no the issue here is that you are not actually making enough to begin with and this added support better than nothing, but that also probably really wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. And now that that's gone, it, you know, we're facing the same issues and yeah, you can go back to work, but it's, you're still not making ends meet. You still had the same problems you had prior yep. and nothing has changed. Nothing has improved. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think in those instances, I've been seeing so much more of like the stress and the anxiety kind of disorders and reactions. Mm. <sighs> yeah. I, it's really challenging. Like, how do you challenge that? Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, maybe you'll get more money. Right. Right. Hope you get more money. Cause I, like, I really struggle to push clients into a hustle kind of culture of like, mm. oh, we'll just go get a side gig and, uh, monetize your creative hobbies mm -hmm. and start investing in these blah, 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 like whatever. Yeah. Um, the game stops of the world or whatever. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah. I, Bitcoin. I, yes. All yeah. of it. Bitcoin. Ethereum. Yeah. <laughs> do it responsibly. Put all your life savings in. That is a joke. Do not do that. No, um, yes, please don't. <laughs> total joke. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I just can't really tell clients like, oh, forget about your self-care. Yeah. Yes. Just no. You, also, you have to be a caretaker for your children or elderly parents. Right. Mm, oh, no. Hustle, baby. Go do yeah. stuff. Like, yes. I can't. It's That's. If you just work so three hard. jobs, you'll, yeah. you'll make it work. And it's yeah. like, so it's like you are so stuck in this rock and a hard place of, mm -hmm. yeah, you need to be able to survive, but do you have to sacrifice everything like about your well being to do so? Like, right. No. I literally had a conversation with a client this morning and we phrased it just like that. Yeah. It was like you're trading off parts of your mental health for survival mm -hmm. or vice versa. I've had clients I, with clients who kind of frame it as like, I'm not actually living my life while I'm alive. Mm. Like I am maintaining mm. this like grind or whatever you want to call it. And I'm not really even getting to enjoy myself or by the time I'm done with my commute and going to the office and doing all this stuff and having that unpaid overtime, I get home and I got to like bang out dinner. I got to mm -hmm. bang out whatever chores I need to get done or tidying up. I have to do 
God forbid there are other people in the household. God forbid you have a relationship to sustain, children to care for, pets even to care, like yes. whatever. Yep. And by the end of it, you have like two hours of time for you. Yep. And then you just fall asleep. Right. Right. Because you're so tired. Or you have to or... sacrifice sleep. And we all know how terrible it is to like really mm-hmm. function on yes. sleep deprivation. Like mm-hmm. just for mental health in itself. Like you are not helping your symptoms if you're not mm-hmm. getting adequate sleep, unfortunately. Yeah. So you can't even really... Say, all right, I'll sacrifice some sleep and get a few extra hours of free time. Like it, yeah, it just compounds and it's, it's not sustainable. It's not healthy. Yeah. And a lot more people are coming to that realization. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where like the world leaders are like, oh my God, they figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) What are we going to do? Well, it's funny to see some of these companies and granted, this isn't, you know, the end solution either, but there are these companies that are now suddenly, you know, giving these massive wage hikes, I say massive, but massive comparison to history, right? Mm -hmm. And suddenly these places are paying out 15, 20, 25 an hour, which, you know, again, I argue 15 is still too low, but it's a lot better, right? You're seeing, yeah, I think people are like, oh, wait, this isn't, this labor shortage is not going away. It's not. I mean, just a few years back, I remember getting raises of like, here's your 15 cent raise. Here's your 10 cent. Here's your 30 cent raise. And it's like, (laughs) oh, wow, I got a 30 cent raise. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yay, Emma. Like, that's horrible. So I hear Mm -hmm. is $15 like, cool, we've arrived. Absolutely not. But if it's jumping up from, you know, 10 to 15 or whatever, that's right. Astounding. It's, it's huge, but it's still like it annoys me that they think it's enough, or they mm. you know they don't they know it's not enough, mm-hmm. but it, it annoys me that they're passing that off as mm-hmm. enough when studies and numbers just prove mm-hmm. that wrong. Yeah. But yeah, no, and then that makes me think of you know this other part of the stigma, which I think I've had I've had clients encounter and I've encountered. Um, you know, this idea of, well, you know, all the things that you just said, Emma, right. About how like, you know, difficult it gets and, and what one has to do and what we have to sacrifice to do it, even large chunks of our lifespan. Um, the argument of, well, that's, you know, how people have always done it. That's how we've worked always, but that's how we've done it in modern American society, that this is how, you know, and that, that makes it okay. And there's many flaws just in that thinking in general, but to break it down even further, I mean, yeah, that doesn't mean elements of this were healthy 50 years ago. And I think that in terms of like what these gaps looked like, they were, you know, they were existent and certainly certain um, groups, certain populations have always faced these gaps way more than other groups. But uh, I think overall it it was a different landscape Mm -hmm. and what people are facing now and the gaps and disparities now are just all the worst and all that much more. Um, again, like college tuition is a good example of that, right? Where it's like, you know, well, I was able to work, you know, two jobs and go to school and I paid my tuition. And it's like, well, you shouldn't have had to work two jobs, but okay, <laughs> even if we go with that, your tuition was $3,000. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I think mine roughly leaving the, my undergrad, um, this was back in 2013, 2012, 2013. Um, it was, I want to say like 27, 28,000 a year. And I was on the lower end for private college. Yeah. 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 And it's, oh, well, then why don't you go to a public college? Well, A, no one around you. And the same people who also say that are the ones that are telling their kids to go to private college. <laughs> All the dynamic. Um, but um, but e- even if you go to public, even if, even if you try to go to a school that is going to give you the same degree, but is more affordable, mm-hmm. we're still talking, you know, upwards going into tens of thousands of dollars still. Mm-hmm. That, that's... That's not yeah. uncommon at all. I, and I think there's this idea that like, oh, there's so much out there. I, I'm very fortunate. I want to be very clear here. I had a lot of privilege, very fortunate in that 
my first years of college were free because I went to a community college. So like, mm. I didn't have to pay for that part. I had AP credits in high school, so I chopped off a semester and didn't have to pay for my community college. But then I did undergrad and graduate school. In undergrad, I think I got some scholarships and stuff. Mm. So again, like that privilege, well, mm-hmm. luck. I still have at this point, and I've been graduated for like five years, I still have like about $60,000 of debt. Me too. Oh my God, yeah. are we matching? <laughs> I'm, a little bit, I'm a little bit more. I think I'm like, I'm 70 something, but yeah. Oh, I used to be 70. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> at least oh your loans are going down though. I've heard horror stories where people are like, yeah, I borrowed $96,000 and it's been 10 years oh. and now I owe $94,000. Right. Yes. And this is where, and you're definitely right about this, I'm a privilege plays a huge role in this and not to get lost in student loans because mm-hmm. it's one example of what we're talking about here. But um, no, I, I, you know, we've had the privilege of having not just access to, but getting, being able to get enough in the government sponsored loans. Yeah. I'm guessing that's what you have. Yep. That's partly why they don't go up like that. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Private loans do. And there are people who are, yeah, who, they don't so have a choice and they're so unforgiving. Yeah. I, mean, I don't so understand that, honestly. Loans. Like there are yep. definitely times in my life where it was like, okay, here's your $0 monthly payment. Cause you broke, young lady. Yeah. so true. Like, there definitely was a struggle here. Yeah. There. Uh, but, oh, gosh, a friend of mine had private loans, and I, it, it was actually so precious looking back on it, because it's like the two of us not really, like, knowing what we're navigating, and her kind of, like, learning mm-hmm. that all of my tips and tricks of, like, oh, you just call them, and you ask for an income-based repayment plan. Does that apply for something like that? That's private right. Loans? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. They are legit predatory well and not to mention even doing and again this this feeds into this this by my words this feeds into the disparities yeah. say that five times fast <laughs> um this feeds into it and, it and it ties us right back to what our clients are navigating right now during covid um is that yeah you can you can qualify for the income-based repayments if you're on a government loan which is lovely mm-hmm. but then you're paying less or nothing towards the principal yep. and you're collecting interest so yep. and that's partly how people who have less money or who are cash poor are going to pay way more for their student loans than 100%. someone who's not or yep. someone who can afford to pay the 800 dollars a month payment which right. if i decide just to go you know like if we weren't in the covid pause um or, or uh, privilege there mm-hmm. but if we weren't in the covid pause um, that's what I know I would be paying roughly monthly. It would be about yeah. seven, eight hundred. Yeah, month. I think I'm like six fifty seven. Yeah. Like yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, that's but this is a good we example of that. <laughs> and it's it's but it's just one example of yeah, when it comes to these disparities and how people I think really do struggle to understand like what people are up against mm-hmm. now, yeah. again, versus what we were 30, 40, 50 years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's not just laziness. No, no. <laughs> And I see it, I see it as a problem, like as a, a seriously like, deep rooted problem that um, our leaders are not willing to evolve. Mm. <laughs> like, like um, just life needs to evolve to survive. Mm-hmm. And if we're not willing to change our ways from 70 years ago, there is a huge, like, we're not going to last. Like, we're yeah. not going to be the next species that evolves further <laughs> in, into wherever. Mm. So, like, the fact that people don't see that just period mm-hmm. is so disturbing. Or they see it and they're just not, they don't care about it. They're just caring it's about. short-sighted. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, it is. So stressful. It is. But no, that's valid. <laughs> I think you're right, Carlos. And it, it's, it is really frustrating. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So other than capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this is, but this is a good example of like, I don't know about you, Emma, but like what a session looks like. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you want to, you know, like mm-hmm. this is pretty spot on where you just end up in this conversation kind of dissecting, you know, how our economy works and how it's impacting your client and what they're already doing about that, what they can do about that, mm-hmm. acknowledging all the pieces here that are out of their control. And then, yeah. how And, and again, we are joking about it earlier, but like, we can't fix that. Like yeah. it's, it, and it becomes about finding ways to cope while also validating it. Yeah. Um, it's like, let's navigate in this fucked up system. system. Right. Right. Like, I mean, that's good information for people who don't go to therapy to mm-hmm. have is just know that, you know, your therapist isn't going to always have the solution. Sometimes yeah. you just kind of, you kind of just need to like, learn how to deal with things mm-hmm. versus just solving the problem. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I just heard. Well, I don't know about yeah. you, but I always have all the answers. <laughs> wow. Personally, yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, you, so, you also declared. Put it here. Request immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say you also declared COVID was over. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I have a lot so, of power. You do. Yeah. yeah. I definitely right. don't abuse my power. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> now I'm like, great. Now on record saying I abuse my power. I don't. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no, so this is definitely, though, the content mm-hmm. of a session like that. And um, yeah, and wanting to validate. And it's hard because, you, you you know, it's important to validate. It's important to hold the space for the client to yeah. vent in the process. And and what you said, Carlos, you did, at least for me, you heard that right, that it is a matter of, um, you know, in part coming to terms with that there's no, yeah. you know, immediate solution to this, right? Mm-hmm. There's not one thing that we're going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And there is, you know, clinical stuff in that. Um but that all said, I think it it is hard because you still want to, and if you, even if it's not you giving the answer, but you want to support your client or help your client get to a place where they determine yeah, what, what it means for them, what it means for them, and, and and what can to whatever extent you know what can they do mm-hmm. about it, right? It's like you know having a therapist validate this for you know five sessions, but then coming out like okay, but I still don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. That's a valid complaint. Like, and, I've, and I've had clients say that, like, you know, this is helpful, but like, you know, uh, they, they've kindly put it, you know, they've, they've been much more encrypted, but basically like, you know, can you give me something? Can you, yeah. you know, and that's a valid, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It can be frustrating yeah, because mm-hmm. I have had clients where it's just point blank. Why can't you just tell me what to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, well, because I can't, mm-hmm. like, I really can't decide for you, but like, let's, let's play the tape. Like, right. what if you do this? Mm-hmm. What might happen? Right. Let's go mm-hmm. all the way through. Right. Okay, going back to the beginning. What if you do this option instead? Right. What does that look like? Play it all the way through. Um, yeah. And the best you can hope for is, like, make your most fully informed decision that you can with the information that you have gathered, with the knowledge that you may look back with more information mm-hmm. and wish you did it differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't apply future information to your that's right yeah that's right and that's why it's so important to keep up that relationship mm-hmm. with your therapist i think because mm. when they do get that more you know all that yeah. information cool bring it a session and let's <laughs> let's break it down and see mm-hmm. you know let's work this out um yeah that's a, that's a very good point yeah. yep absolutely yeah yeah oh so <laughs> other than capitalism <laughs> what else are you seeing the trends in your cases like what else is a trend i would say a lot of just conflict i think depending Mm -hmm. um like with 
Like family, like oh, okay. With vaccines and families is one of the Mm. reoccurring things that I've been seeing. Mm -hmm. uh, Where you know the client has a different perspective than somebody Mm -hmm. within their family or their friend group, and just Mm -hmm. like the conflict that can kind of come out of that, um, and kind of navigating that in the best way possible. Like recognizing where our control ends, Mm. aka just with ourselves, can't actually force anyone in their families to get the vaccine yes yep, yep. Yeah. i think we've all been there yep. sure have there's someone in everyone's family yep. yep yeah but you know kind of recognizing that like yeah that frustration mm. totally valid yeah also totally outside of our control you know yeah. like we can express our feelings we can discuss you know like try to provide information if it feels like wait your information isn't correct where there's been additional research in that and here's the resource like all of that can be true but kind of realizing where our little bubble of control stops yep. i feel like has been a, a reoccurring discussion within yeah. my sessions like one's own personal boundaries of comfort like I, I feel like i have clients all over the spectrum at this mm. point of folks who are willing to you know i have this trip booked i'm going to be going and doing this thing with like my 10 closest college friends and you know, the other end of the spectrum of folks who are just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to go to the grocery store myself instead of Instacarting it or, you know, something like right. that. So I feel like right. I have such a, a breath mm-hmm. in people's comfort at this point. Yep. Yeah. Um, Same. So maybe like not all just conflict, just communication in general. Right. A lot of anxiety about going back to like socializing in person mm-hmm. and like seeing human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know yes. my first weekend seeing somebody, I but I greeted them with like hi oh my god your face like your face in real life like not on the computer and then at some point it was just like oh my god Emma what am I saying um, so then just made it nice and awkward and it was great it was fun yeah. um but like normalizing just how weird that is yeah you know with like our closest friends and family it's still really weird to see them in person right and then how do you like how do you even act around each other like yes. what's the proper way to act around people now yes. <laughs> it's just a whole new yeah a whole new setting it almost feels like mm-hmm. yeah i can yeah i can relate to that yeah <laughs> i know i kind of like snowballed with multiple things but have you been seeing any of that with your yeah books? no absolutely um yes all of that mm-hmm. all of that and i like what you said about the control piece and, I, and it's funny as you said that i feel like that's coming up both with this and even with other things mm-hmm. but that's coming up a lot in my sessions yeah. i f- feel myself saying it all the time like okay well there's elements here that are in your control versus those that are not. Mm-hmm. And right, you know, anything that is within their control, all right, let's like, like you said, I like how you put that before, like play the tape of like yeah. what you could do, pros and cons of that, what that could look like. But the things that are out of your control, as messed up as that thing may be, how do you find acceptance mm-hmm. in that? Um, you know, and that's, uh, yeah. And, and you're right about the vaccine piece. I mean, I know, and you made the comment, Carlos, I know for me too, that and, that, and this has actually been helpful because I've been able to share with clients that, you know, I hear them on this level, but there's kind of transference because I can relate to it and can relate to the frustration. Um, one thing that I've reminded myself, I know personally, you know, with people in my life who, you know, are uh, anti-vaccine for whatever reason, um, is, and I think this ties in what you were just saying, Emma, reminding myself that this is their personal health information, mm-hmm. right? I cannot bully family or friends to engage in a healthcare related decision yep. like that, just like I couldn't do it, you know. Now, granted, there are larger implications and safety implications for other people. So to that end, I have challenge, like when it comes up, mm-hmm. 
I challenge it, mm-hmm. you know, and I definitely say, nope, you should get your vaccine or, you know, yeah, no, I got mine and it was okay. And you know, whatever. But, um, but yeah, I, I just, at the end of the day, I, I don't, I can't bully someone yeah. into doing that either. Um, I can make it known my stance and I can make it known, you know, what I agree and don't agree with. Yeah. Um, which, yeah. And I think just, I, sorry. yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, just try and educate, <laughs> as, try much educate. As, yeah. as much as you can, as gently as you can. Don't try Don't make it a personal thing. Like you said, it's, mm-hmm. you can't force someone to make a health decision. It's, mm-hmm. it's not your role to do that it is your role to i think explain it to them i think like yeah try and make them understand without making them feel bad yeah absolutely and i find what's hard for me and i don't i don't know if this has come up so much in my sessions or with my clients per se but i know for me um you know part of the struggle i run into is it really also depends on who i'm talking to right so if i have a client who is part of a group or who, you know, again, like someone who's black, right? Or, you know, someone who has been within a group who has been actively and up to date, continues to be actively harmed by the government and by healthcare. That person doesn't want to get the vaccine. I don't think I, I, then I definitely don't push that because they have every reason to not trust that process. Um, When it's someone who looks like me and who's in my demographic and they're just saying that they don't want to do it because their gut is telling them not to do it and they don't really have any kind of, then I get frustrated because I'm like this, but this, if anything, our demographic was tested on this, Mm -hmm. right? Which there's many things wrong with that, but we were by far the most tested on this. Mm -hmm. So the data that we do have applies to us the most. Mm -hmm. And if by us getting it can help other people and then make it so that maybe other people don't have to be as much in a position to get it. People who do have reason to not trust this process, then we should do that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I struggle with like yeah. that. And, and again, I don't, I don't know to that extent if, if my clients can relate to that piece of it. Um, like I said, that hasn't really come up, but that that's part of where it goes to me. Like, if, like I said, if I have someone who I, you know, clearly has all the reason to not, mm-hmm. you know, trust that, then that's, that's a lot easier for me as whether it's the provider or our family or whatever, that's a lot easier for me to go, okay, well, I hear where they're coming from. Yeah. And I just need to hear that and, and go with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. Or... No, it does. No, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay, so other than capitalism and conflicts with family and all that, are there any other trends that you guys are seeing? I know, I don't know if you've seen as much of this, but mm. I've seen um, for both like pet and human parents, just like the difficulty of transitioning back outside of the home and like helping their little ones adjust to that and I actually imagine you know if there's anyone who's like an elderly parent caretaker or you know anything like that Mm -hmm. um I imagine this would also kind of apply um but the transition outside of the home either when the parent is at work or specifically with kids especially much younger kids Mm -hmm. bringing them back out into like the world yeah um because it's just been a really interesting realization even for myself as like some of my clients with younger kids are navigating this where it's like my child legitimately has been like primarily raised during COVID. They don't understand the concept of going to a store and not being able to just like play with everything available. Mm-hmm. Cause if anything, they're used to going to like a close friend's home or something right. like that, yeah. where yeah. like right. they can play with anything yeah, uh, or like any of the toys. Um, so just like the transition and re-socializing for children specifically and i've had a lot of like very loving pet parents worried about how 
their little babies are going to navigate them being outside of the home again, which has just been like so yeah. good for, uh, <laughs> you know, self-disclosure because it's like, oh, I know you're a cat too. Like, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it is stressful. You do care a lot about them and they can't communicate what they're feeling. That's so true. Yeah. It is kind of like We actually, stressful. we dealt with that when we, we had lunch with some friends the other day and that was basically, not the main point, but like one of the first points is like, yeah, our pets are alone right now and this is probably the longest they've been alone mm-hmm. this entire time and we don't know how to deal with it ourselves. So. Okay, <laughs> so am I not the only one who just gets a little bit sad? No, like oh. I, I feel so bad having to go anywhere. Like anytime I want to like go on a hike or something and I can't bring mine because it's too hot. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my, I really love this hike right now. Oh. It's just like, uh But it's it's that being around them be, you know, so much for so long, it's, it's so hard to pull away. Mm -hmm. It it really is. Mm -hmm. And I can, I can see where some people with their kids are going to have issues going in public. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just, just, just behavioral issues that they didn't need to deal with before. And you can't really be mad at the kid or you can't really like discipline the kid because that's all they know. Yeah. Yeah. I saw on social media the other day, someone said, Oh, I'm just out in public with my COVID babies. Like they had both their kids in the, in the thing. And it's their kid was born in the beginning of COVID and have not been outside. That's Mm -hmm. so weird to think about that. You have a a one and a half year old that you you're bringing to the supermarket for the first time. What? That must be so that is weird. But that's, that's so weird. Yeah, but that makes a lot I of sense. I can't imagine though. how to deal with that. Yeah. As a parent. I, I think for me, the more challenging age to think of is like bringing like a toddler out mm-hmm. where, you know, their time outside prior to COVID, they were still like kind of in that infancy stage where there wasn't as, you know, like they were confined to the stroller, the carrier or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and now as toddlers having this like free reign and just like no understanding of what is okay and yes of course their parents will work to establish those boundaries but i think just from like everyone around compassion yeah that's gonna be the big one patience yeah yeah, you might have a little bit increased frequency of tantrum in toddlers as they learn what life is like Mm -hmm. without like having to stay home all the time Mm -hmm. um yeah it's just i don't know it's so wild to me i don't know yeah. Yeah. Wow. I just, I literally just thought about this, but it's probably at that point, it's not only the parent's responsibility mm-hmm. to help the kid grow. It's like everyone's responsibility. As much as you, as you don't mm-hmm. want to like take responsibility for it, it, it kind of is because you, you're a role model for this kid now mm-hmm. and for the parent and you have to help where you can. It's one of those things where it's just like, don't be selfish. Like mm-hmm. under, be simple, simple, sympathetic (laughs) for these parents because they are dealing with Mm -hmm. something that you didn't have to deal with Mm -hmm. quite honestly right so yeah it's not easy yeah so I feel like that's been one of the more like unique stressors Mm -hmm. that some Mm -hmm. of my folks have had to be kind of dealing with um yeah yes and I haven't had clients as much dealing with that piece like from the standpoint of like well, I guess maybe with pets, but certainly with like other people that hasn't mm-hmm. come up as much. Um, usually these are, you know, clients I'm working with, these are clients who they or their partners or both have either just continued working at the place of work mm-hmm. during COVID or they've been in the office or they're, 
you know, they're in a position where they're just tele or, you know, and for my clients that are, that are returning to a place of employment, it's a, it kind of goes back to what we talk about capitalism. It goes yeah. back to like, oh, I'm feeling more depressive symptoms and this is coming up and I'm feeling burned out and this, but I just went back and, and it goes down that, mm-hmm. that path. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any increase in like agoraphobia kinds of symptoms? A little bit. So yes. Um, I've, I've had it where there is increased anxiety, not to the point where, because so, so far, and, and I know this is not the case for everybody, and I'm thankful for the clients that have that, this is the case for them, that despite some of that coming up, mm-hmm. they're challenging it and they're able to, to go out. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there are more severe cases that are yeah. popping up too, and that people are having a much more difficult time. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't, I've not come into a case that was like, well, I would even diagnose it as, mm-hmm. as that. Like I would, it's more so like, no, you're just having to retransition back to meeting people in person. And the more that you do that, you'll probably go back to whatever your baseline was before. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Um, so basically just anxiety versus actual mm-hmm. agoraphobia. Right. Cause it would be definitely like more criteria to meet, to yeah. meet that label. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely there's like distress and there's anxiety coming up around mm-hmm. it. And like people who, you know, want to do it, but they're just like, they're very hesitant because it's just weird. I feel like I've seen a lot of what you're describing, but I've also seen some of that more like, almost textbook agoraphobia, mm. specifically with folks who either already had some of those more like agoraphobic symptoms pre-pandemic. Um, and it's kind of been like amplified because now there's, you know, like there's kind of reliable evidence that like, no, we, we should have been scared about going outside. Yeah. To right. extent. So it's like, yes. okay. The anxiety yeah. was well-founded. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Just curious. Does that make treating agoraphobia a little bit harder? Because they're kind of being validated, but it's also still like a mental illness. I have, have I have a thought on that. Go for it. I, I would say, and this actually came up when COVID first started, mm-hmm. was um, kind of reevaluating like, well, I know this is where it came up. So a little bit different, but um, OCD yep. and things that were being considered OCD, which maybe they, they are OCD for that person, depending on you know mm-hmm. what's happening. But um, things like, you know, checking certain things, uh, ways of cleaning, ways of washing hands that, you know, were maybe kind of will quote out of the mainstream prior to COVID. We're like, nope, that's what we actually should all be doing. And right. even if you do it a little bit too much, it's probably better that you're doing it a little too much versus mm-hmm. not. A, so it, it suddenly flipped that. Yep. And mm-hmm. what, you know, was considered, you know, disordered yep. behavior suddenly was not, which is telling in a lot of ways. But um, but so I think this kind of that that happening with this, yeah. right? Where it's like, oh, well, but there are real risks out there. And to what extent is the agoraphobia or the anxiety or how we're describing it, to what extent is that truly actually harming the person? Right. Does somebody right. just want to remain home and they're actually comfortable at home and they're okay and they function and they, they're okay. Mm-hmm. And they maybe do a bit better in that, mm-hmm. even though for, you know, many others that wouldn't be applicable. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it forces us, I think, to be... Uh, I, I think a little bit more flexible in how we view these diagnoses and like what we actually consider problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm, where does that go? That No, I completely agree with that. I think there's particularly within the system, right? Like, especially if we're accepting insurance mm-hmm. and I know I'm kind of bleeding into like a discussion on diagnosing, uh, but there's a requirement that you have to diagnose. There has to be something mm-hmm. like diagnostic. Right. Um, mm-hmm. 
And it really leads to this question of like, where are we over pathologizing? Mm. And I think agoraphobia, OCD kind of tendencies during a, you know, like global pandemic are a great (laughs) example of like, maybe we need to cool it on pathologizing things. Mm -hmm. Um, I think personality disorders are another one of those areas where it's like, well, am I really like demonstrating some type of personality disorder if I've had this whole trauma history? No, like this is a lesson right. I've learned. Like, right. right. This is a trauma response. Exactly. Yes. Right. Yep. So I think it just leads to a larger question of pathology in general. Um, does it make it harder to treat it? I don't know. I'm generally treating adjustment disorder. So. Yeah. <laughs> mm, right. Right. <laughs> and that's the way I've been approaching it, right? Like we are readjusting to a little bit more like freedom mm. and what does that adjustment look like for you? Right. Um, I will totally, especially for some of those more like agoraphobic tendencies, I will totally validate all day long that like, Oh yeah. Outside was a scary place. Like mm-hmm. that there was a threat that yeah. makes sense that you weren't going outside. Right. Um, yeah. It kind of um, swings home the phrase for me or whatever. When people say like, what is normal? it's like okay so now like these people technically quote unquote weren't normal but now they are the new normal and we have to treat everyone else for their abnormalities you know it's like kind of like that thing where it's like oh (laughs) what's I don't know it's just people just need to call it on trying to establish a norm I think Mm is my thing Mm. because like this clearly shows that what was normal for us before was actually not that normal (laughs) and it was actually normal for these people (laughs) yeah so yeah that's i guess that's what i'm taking from it is people just need to stop trying to like put normal under an umbrella yes 100 percent. yep that makes a lot of sense and i was laughing because literally every single time a client says something like oh i want to be normal or like what is normal? I was just kind of laughing. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, no like, one knows. <laughs> like, there is not, there, it does not exist. Right. right. Well, that's the thing. It doesn't, but it, it is. It's what I think people are referring to. It just goes right back to what you just said, Carlos. Like, it, it, they're referring to the social expectations. Yes. Right. Exactly. And yes, in all reality, there is no normal, but, but in some ways there is, not in a good way, not in a way that's, you know, but like there are these established things that, you know, and some are pretty toxic and negative and off base and unrealistic but that we all subscribe to whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. And that is present. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. I think right. back to like 15 years ago, the concept of like men wearing pink. Oh uh, yeah. Do you guys remember that whole men wearing transition? pink, just baggy clothes. Now it's just like, no, not anymore. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. remember how wild it like, Oh, that guy is wearing pink. And it was mm-hmm. a whole, like, that's not normal. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, completely hilarious to me just like oh no a specific color mm-hmm. it's all downhill from here like yeah. it's so silly but even something as mild as their t-shirt color although generally it was also polos because it was the polo age as well mm-hmm. um, but yeah, their oh, yeah polo yes. is pink it's very of, like 2004 yeah, yeah. the pop collars oh god yeah. <laughs> oh, if you're real cool multiple polos all of the pop oh my gosh oh, no. different layers oh yeah <laughs> yeah one of the multi-layers that's right yeah it's a very millennial thing (laughs) i think i just stopped paying attention at that point i was like i just can't even handle it was such like a status thing it was oh god so yep it was about wealth oh god so very nice (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like just that concept of how almost like 
week that grasp on normalcy is something like a shirt color mm-hmm. it's going to be mm. a defining characteristic of what normal is or isn't right. you know, first pink is super weird and then it's the thing um yeah just trends in itself are very interesting to see how they impact whatever normal is yes there were air quote, quotes around normal by the way mm-hmm. well i was actually mentioning that to you earlier today when it comes to like tiktok for mm-hmm. example if anything trends on tiktok it severely affects that in in day to day so it's just funny like hearing you say trends and how that relation like at like goes together with tiktok is really disturbing mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I feel um, like we're giving a lot of nice little like Easter eggs for future episodes uh-huh. here. Yeah, we are. Yeah, <laughs> we've, we've touched on a bunch of different future topics. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, on that note, since it seems to like be jumbling into one main topic, do we want to wrap up and? Yeah, I think we're I think nearing that's that kind time. Of like the main yeah. trends I've seen within my clients, I'm yeah. sure I'll think of like ten other things. Yeah, wrap up. same. <laughs> I'll think of it after the fact. But no, I think right. that's that's about. Can always yeah. do a part two at some point. Mm-hmm. That's true. In three months or something, what what happened mm-hmm. during yeah. this whole thing? Yeah, whole yeah we'll, we'll be doing more check-ins with us as yeah. just things progress. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Sounds like a plan. That's awesome. Thank Finally you. That long of an episode. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you guys for having me here, like mm-hmm. in person. Uh-huh. Of course, of course. <laughs> no problem. Absolutely. I I love that we were able to do this like before we we took off. Yeah. Like, uh, we like it, it was too. weird that we haven't like sat down and did a podcast. Yes, this whole podcast has always been virtual. Uh-huh. Yeah, we so. used to think it would be a lot more common that we would do this uh-huh. you know, early pandemic days. Yes, <laughs> it was only gonna last a few months. So. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Comment. We were so young, so Hopeful. young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so true. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you both. Oh wait, I didn't do my bye. You didn't. I'm like glaring at you. I know. I'm like, wow, okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>